So I actually grew up in a really small town, about 5,000 people in rural Quebec um, in the Eastern Township. So definitely grew up with like a big sense of community in a small town where everyone knows each other. <laughs> um, and yeah, I really wanted to sort of get out and see the world. Um, so I, you know, that took me to doing a year abroad for my last year of high school. So I lived in Switzerland for a year and then uh, moving to Montreal where I did my undergrad education. And I actually, you know, was aiming to be um, a counselor and a coach. So I came to Toronto for, it was supposed to be just for a year in 2012 to do like a master's certification in professional coaching. And in that time, started working part-time at a real estate office. Um, and it was really fun for me because the, the broker of that office was on a show on HGTV that I was a big fan of uh, called Property Virgins. It's like a, a throwback, a decade throwback to HGTV. I don't know. Hasn't been on for a while. Every now and then you catch a rerun. But um, so I was working for Sandra Renamato and I saw her as a really awesome mentor and like figure and entrepreneur. And she sort of encouraged me to consider real estate as a career um, because the reason, you know, I was in coaching is I really wanted to help people through significant life transitions and like make those big jumps in their lives and help them like, you know, feel supported through that and deal with all the emotions along the way. And she was just like, if you want to help people, you know, real estate and, and going through that transition, you know, there's a lot of people who are in it you know, not for that reason, they're in it for sales, or they're in it for something else. And so she's like, I think you would have a great impact in the industry. And that's all it took. So and then I rolled in, in real estate school and kind of jumped into that, um, where I have been ever since. <laughs> well, um, you mentioned that you grew up in a small town of like 5000 people. And I can relate because um, I live in Hamilton. But before I moved here, I actually came from a town up north. And it's such a weird like vibe in a town. It's like everyone knows each yeah. other. There's not much like there's not much places to go. You're bumping into there's like one pizza shop down. The- <laughs> exactly. We have one grocery store, one liquor store. <laughs> like we just got a first Tim Hortons. It like didn't come until 2019. I was like, we got a Tim Hortons. Like, wow, we're on the map now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because um where I lived in the town, there was a Tim Hortons literally right across from my house, like oh my second walk. It was so great. <laughs> but um, the way you described it, it kind of sounded like you found your access into real estate, like right after you came back from Switzerland. There was, was there any other thing or like running through your mind that had interest um, that took your interest to like maybe participate in or go to school for besides real estate? Yeah, no. So I went through all of my schooling um, to be a, a, a counselor and a coach. So like in psychology and human relations. So I was planning to, you know, graduate this this program and, and start a coaching practice, um, which I did have for a while because part of the like criteria to graduate and get the certification was to have clients. So I did do coaching for about two years with clients. Um, and so had a coaching practice, but then I sort of transitioned into those clients being, you know, real estate clients and, and really focusing on real estate as a career full time. So I'm, I'm a, a certified professional life coach. I have that. Um, and honestly, it comes in handy. Listen, not every client is emotional and is going through turmoil but like when they are that's when I shine I'm like oh tell me about that (laughs) and so creating that bond with clients and I think 
Um, you know, the, the amount of like couples counseling I've done, the amount of, you know, grief counseling in a lot of times, right? Because we see moving as this exciting, fun thing. And it can be, you know, when people are buying their first house or they're moving in together as a couple, but there's also a lot of really loaded situations like, you know, divorce or separation or death in the family, dealing with estate sales and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I make the joke that not all of my clients cry, but a lot of them do. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah, for sure. And obviously you obviously know this, but, you know, being a realtor also comes with being, you know, people's counselors and it's good that you have that experience, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm like actually qualified to handle it. Yeah, <laughs> But you don't actually um, specifically work in the niche of being like a divorce realtor, right? You don't specialize no. in that area. Cool. No. Yeah. I don't specialize. Yeah. Cool. So. I guess we could just, um, actually, I kind of want to bring it back a little bit. Sorry, I'm kind of all over the place, but yeah, I kind of no want to take it back to the trip to Switzerland, like, um, yeah, like right out of high school, you said? Yeah, I did my like final year of high school. Cool. So, so I, I imagine, I imagine going um, abroad for the last year of high school, that's probably like a big um, learning experience. You get to see kind of a different side of the world. Did that, could you kind of speak on maybe some specific things that did for you? For sure. I mean, it was huge, you know, going from a town of 5,000 people to living in Europe. <laughs> um, I, I was lucky because I lived in Quebec. I, I speak French as well. And I was living with a Swiss family that in the French speaking region of Switzerland. So I was able to really engage with the culture kind of right away. Um, whereas some of the other students there had a language barrier, but um, it was, it was amazing just seeing how someone else lives, how another culture lives. And then also just having so many other cultures close by and accessible. Cause you could like grab a train and be in Paris in four hours or be in like, we were 45 minutes away from Germany by train. So you could just like go to Germany for the day. Like it was just wild, right? Like just like broke open my mind, like seeing different cultures, everything that's possible. Um, and so it just kind of was like, I, I want to be one of these people that just jumps around and, can, you know, learn how different people live and kind of get exposed to all these different cultures and stuff. And it just made me see how big the world is. Um, and that's when I started dreaming really big as well. Did you have uh, friends that also came with you to Switzerland or were you kind of like on your own? No, I, I went on my own. I, I definitely made friends there because yeah. it was it was a school that was mostly Canadian students. There was only 80 of us. So um it was like mostly Canadian students and a couple Americans and uh, none of us knew each other before, but obviously we became very tight because we were sort of drawn together in this experience. Um, so yeah, I had some roommates like at the house that I lived with. Uh, so other Canadian students that I was living with and um, yeah, a lot of them are still friends today and I've sold them some houses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the benefit yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But um, assuming that kind of being that young and spending time in Switzerland and getting to travel, you know, getting on a train to Germany and traveling to all these cool places is kind of like a life high that you're kind of experiencing. So what's it kind of like when you return back to Quebec and uh, the the normal life, I guess I could say, kind of clicks yeah. back in? Like, where do you take it from there? It was a big culture shock to go back to my small town for that summer before going to university. Like, I remember just being like, whoa there's so much more um but moving to Montreal was great too like having the experience of living in a big city because in Switzerland it was 
like a medium-sized town, but it wasn't like a big metropolitan city. So living in Montreal was super awesome and sort of having that independence and being able to explore and meet different types of people um, was great. Yeah. Cool. And then when you came back to Montreal, the next step was obviously you had the couple years in counseling. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started out uh, mm-hmm. in like education. So I did part of an education degree and then I kind of like bounced around. I did, you know, half of like six majors. That's one of those people couldn't quite figure it out. Um, Sorry, half <laughs> of then, six majors? <laughs> just about like, I have like <laughs> lots of like half degrees. So does like, that mean you like you were dropping out of the classes or? I wasn't dropping. I was just oh. changing direction. I okay. did like six years of full-time university, but ended up with one <laughs> degree. <laughs> I just have more credits than I needed to graduate, but just like not full. So I'd like did like a minor in religious studies. I did. Yeah, I did human relations. I did education. I did English. Um, I did like a bunch of different things. I did like a really my favorite university class was on cults and new religious movements, which was just fascinating. So for a while, I was just like watching documentaries about cults being like, going to stay away from those. Yeah. (laughs) Learning how to not get stuck in a cult. Yeah. (laughs) So, so you're changing all these different programs or classes. So is it fair to say that you're kind of uh, lost? Like you found yourself. um... Totally. Yeah. I just didn't know, you know, like I started thinking I was going to be an English teacher and that I was even going to maybe go back to my high school and teach there. And then just couldn't really reckon with that. I kind of got three quarters of the way there. I did that student teacher thing where I was, you know, teaching in a high school class in Montreal. And I was just like, I, I, kn- I knew it wasn't going to be in enough for me. Like I would be happy doing it and find value in it, but I wanted to just like, you know, break things open, keep every opportunity open. Um, and yeah, so I started playing around at different things, just exploring different interests and, um, I just found I really loved the classes where I was connecting with people and like making meaningful relationships. And so that's what took me into the counseling and human relations side of things. Um, And so I did some like organizational development, business consulting, like going into businesses and looking at the human systems and how are people working together and how is that impacting the productivity of, you know, that workforce or that office. So just a little bit of everything. <laughs> did you ma- did you maybe wish that, you know, uh, you took some time to just chill out and not partake in any uh, degree or whatever before you actually kind of jumped the gun? And did you kind of jump the gun because maybe so- pressure of society and kind of what's expected from you? Totally. Yeah, I was definitely, you know, on the academic train, you know, I had a lot of expectations as the honor roll kid and scholarship kid and all that kind of stuff. So I, I kind of thought that my trajectory would lead me in academia ultimately. Um, and so I, it was a big choice to like do something else. Um, yeah, I think if I had taken some time to chill, that would have been good. I'm a bit of an overachiever. Um, and need to be always working a little too much. So (laughs) (laughs) I think if I took time off, I would have been having anxiety that I wasn't being productive. So I don't know um, if I could have done it, but I think it would be good. Yeah, I think, you know, if I have kids and get there, I'd be like, yeah, take a gap year. Like, I think the gap year is is a great, great thing. Yeah, so it's obvious that you're, you know, you're on a roll student, um, invested in her studies, 
taking part in, you know, post-secondary school, but now you find yourself as a realtor today. And obviously, you know, you don't need any of that to get your realtor license and partake in selling and buying homes. So how did you get here? Uh, Where, where, where did it click in where you're like, this isn't the route for me. I'm more entrepreneurial minded, I guess you could say now, and this is where I want to take my life. Yeah, I think it was, you know, working in the real estate environment and, you know, running, I was basically a reception office managing this real estate. And I just saw like the excitement of it and the unlimited, you know, potential because there's no ceiling. You're not working within a structure. I am, I'm very entrepreneurial minded. Like my parents were both entrepreneurs. And so I just saw, you know, it was, I was going to going down that route with opening the coaching practice. But then I was just like always real estate was always the shiny thing that I was like, can I do that? Can I do that? And so when I saw an opportunity to mix the coaching with the real estate, um, that's sort of what seemed like the magic mix for me. Um, and, and having such a strong mentor sort of offering to take me on and show me the ropes, it just felt like a, not, like a door I had to go down and, and see if I liked it. And I loved it. <laughs> Is yeah. real estate still as shiny as you once saw it to be? Or <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, now I'm nine years in, um, eight years in, I guess. It's, listen, it's changed. So in the last couple of years, I've sort of switched gears in terms of my practice. Um, I was working as a solo agent for those first seven years. And things really started to take off and I realized I couldn't do it alone. And so, you know, I started building a team and we launched officially last November. So it's been just over a year of, of this. And my role is evolving um, into sort of that coach role a little bit more where I am coaching and mentoring and training the agents on my team and stepping back from the sales part a little bit and being more, you know, in that coaching counseling role that I really am enjoying. The sales were really fun, um, but very intense in this Toronto market. And I was getting a little burnt out and I was like, okay, I need to sort of shift this. I want to continue to grow this, but also, you know, bring people on and coach and mentor them and grow something together with them. So that's sort of my role now. Yeah. Yeah. And it took you seven years to even get to the point where, you know, you were, um, kind of shifted towards building your own team to kind of help you out and maybe free up more of your own time, whether that's true or not. Maybe that was yeah, kind of the idea of it. <laughs> but, I'm uh, not working less. I'm just doing different type of work. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Uh, let, let's start in the beginning of the seven years though, when you're kind of, you're managing, uh, taking on a managing role in the real estate office, but you ultimately shift to get your license Obviously, I'm sure that comes with a bit of um, uncertainty, whether you're you're questioning maybe if this is the right move, you know, you don't, you're not going to get paid every two weeks. What's yeah. kind of like the mindset like there? I was just, I was hungry, right? And I was, I wanted to, to make it. I wanted to prove to myself I could do it. And I had a really awesome broker who was encouraging me to set goals and keeping me accountable. Um, and, and I believed I could do it because I was seeing people around me doing it. Right. And so it was like, if they can't, why can't I? And so it was just really putting my nose to the grindstone and realizing like, this isn't a get rich quick. This is a business that you're building. And so you have to give it everything for the first few years until you really start to see a a bigger return. Um, And that's kind of exactly what happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really just said yes to every opportunity in those first few years and started to build out my client base. Um, 
And then from there sort of building, building until I felt confident to like start working with a partner because like you said, there's no guarantee in, you know, the frequency of your paycheck or the clients coming in. And even in, in my busiest year, you know, where I did almost a hundred transactions, like there was still two months where I didn't close on anything. I didn't like write a deal. So even in that year where I was like, whoa, <laughs> there's still two months. Where I was like, uh oh, it dried up. Right. And so having the faith in your business and what you built and try to sort of build it into more of a business instead of this thing where you're just kind of working with what's coming in when it comes up. Um, and so, yeah, t- taking on a partner for that support and, and training them was the first move. And then I realized I really enjoyed that role of answering their questions and helping them through situations. Um, so that was, that was the start, the first buyer's agent. And then I just grew into a team. <laughs> when, what were you kind of like the activities you were doing when you first started off to kind of, you know, get the traction under your feet and try and get rolling in the, in the industry, because obviously I'm sure, as you know, the percentage of realtors who fail is so high. Yeah. So what were you kind of doing to make sure you weren't part of that percentage that quit? Um, setting that expectation of, of knowing exactly how hard it was going to be. And that it's not like you're just going to sell three houses a year and make a hundred K like it's not. Yeah, sure. If you sell three, three million houses or whatever, but um, really it was saying yes to everything in, in my market in Toronto. Leasing is also um, a pretty normal thing that you engage a realtor for. And so those leads were really easy to get because busier agents in my office, you know, didn't necessarily want to deal with leasing or lease clients. So I did a ton of leasing to get started. And, you know, those paychecks are smaller, but there's something that they're coming in, they're paying the bills. And then you're building your skill set. You know, you're still getting to know your market, you're getting to know the areas, and you're just building those negotiation skills, dealing with other agents, learning the ropes. And so when I started to finally work with some buyers, I felt like I had a good solid foundation under me. And I was able to, to, to be more successful with them, I think. Um, Cause there's so much to know in this industry. And if your first client is a buyer, it's just terrifying, honestly, I think, <laughs> unless you have really, really strong support because it's, you know, it's people's life savings and you're advising on that. And that is a big, serious thing. So um, yeah, doing a ton of leasing, just saying yes to everything, every referral that someone sent me, I said, yes, even if I couldn't help them, I would, you know, by finding something on the market, I'd like help them review their lease that they found on Kijiji or whatever. And just being that person where they think I need help in real estate. Oh, that's Alex. You know, she's going to help me. And so a lot of my first like buying and selling clients were referrals from people who I rented a basement to for 1200 bucks. Right. And then that led to a bigger commission. So having that growth mindset and being open to every opportunity and treating every opportunity with the same amount of respect, right, um, I think is is what really helped me build that solid foundation. For sure. And it's obviously you're being very proactive. You're trying to be the outlet that, you know, everyone can send business your way. You're kind of taking the steps to make sure everyone knows you're out there. And with that, like you said, comes uh, practice. And one thing in real estate is, that's kind of hard to um, become right away is self-sufficient. You know, everyone mm-hmm. wants to become self-sufficient 
and did the, taking on those leases, even though they were smaller paychecks, did that really help you just get, you know, the, the little practices in real estate down, whether that be like writing an offer, just reading over the contracts, the buyers. Totally. Yeah. Getting to know buildings. Yeah. Getting, getting familiar with the paperwork, the process, dealing with agents, because <laughs> every agent is different, right? We know if as working in the industry, a deal can be an amazing, lovely experience, or it can just be a massive headache because of the person on the other side of the deal. And that is something you can't control. So really honing in on the things I could so that like dealing with those variables, I felt more prepared. Cool. So let's kind of get into, um, at the point where you're kind of realizing that, you know, maybe I can start building my own team. Obviously you're at the point where you're maybe getting more um, phone calls with potential clients than you can handle. So where does uh, kind of the next step go? Do you, who's like the first person you kind of hire and how do you like make that decision? Yeah. So for me, it was a newer agent um, who had a little bit of experience, but was, you know, wanting to, to, to build. Um, and I was just at the point where I was feeling like I started to have to turn away business, which was never a place I wanted to be in. Right. Because I always wanted that open door that like, yes, I can help your cousin Sally, you know, rent a condo for going to school. And I was just so busy that I didn't have time for that. And so that's the first person I brought on was, you know, to just start dealing with the rental, um, inquiries. And then, you know, building that competency with her and understanding we had the same values and dealing with clients in similar ways. And then it was like, okay, now, you know, here's a condo buyer that's like a little bit outside of my expert area. Like, are you willing to travel to go look at condos in this area type of thing? Um, so building that support so I could start to focus on, you know, my niche and my expertise in the areas that I was really great, great at while still being able to serve, you know, things that were outside of my immediate, you know, top choices and priorities. Um, and then just seeing the value in that. And so um, her being, you know, she was an amazing first partner to have. She was so, she is so smart. She's not dead. I don't know why I'm saying was, <laughs> she's still around. Michelle, shout out. You're the best. Um, <laughs> you know, she was really, really a fantastic first partner to have because it's, it's tough to like partner and to have that trust in someone and to feel like my clients to me are like my babies. And it's like, if I'm going to be handing someone off to someone else, I want to know that this person's going to treat them, you know, with the same level of service and care that I would. Um, and so I still, I was like, Michelle was handling things, but I was still reviewing the offers and like having a plate. So knowing that things were going, going well, um, but finding that first partner is, is tough, right? Cause you have to have someone that aligns with your values and is willing to learn and be molded by the way you do things because you are handing them your business. Um, so yeah, that was, I just got really lucky. Right. And, uh, like you said, you got to the point where, you know, you had to turn down the clients and obviously you didn't want to do that because yeah. you were once yeah. at a point where you didn't have any clients and you had to fight for clients. So to be in a position yeah. where you're turning away clients, but also income is kind of like, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? So that kind of like leaves you no option, but to like maybe consider making a team at least. Right. Yeah. How did you yeah, come up I with don't your... have to say no. Sorry. I don't like saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, um, how did you come up with your team name? Because when I originally saw it, I was like, 
is she part of Fox News? <laughs> oh gosh, no. <laughs> no, no, it's funny because like when I went through my rebranding when I was a solo agent and I was working with like a creative agency and they're like, you know, what do you want to work your brand off of? And um, I just really like foxes as an animal. Like they're definitely a, a Toronto animal, a Canadian animal. Um, and I was just like, yeah, like throw out some logo ideas. And so they threw out the fox. And so I had a fox logo just beside my name. And so when it came to building the team, I already had a bit of an association with this animal and myself and my brand. And I was really intentional about building a team that that wasn't based around my name because I didn't want people to feel like there was a hierarchy or if someone was coming to work with one of my agents that they were somehow below me, right? Like if it's the Alex Cote team and they're dealing with Michelle, they're like, well, where's Alex Cote? I hired the Alex Cote team. So building the brand around that, it was just like the foxteam.ca was available as a URL. I was like, that's cool. That's fun. It's memorable. It's short. It's catchy. We can like build the brand off the, off the animal. And here we are. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one big thing when um, making a team, I mean, I don't have a team obviously, but you will. <laughs> One big thing is, you know, having the structure down, like the back end stuff, you know, splits and stuff like that. We don't have to get into uh, the splits of your team or whatever, but that's kind of a make it or break it for if your team's going to be sure. successful, I guess you could say. And for uh, if you can even recruit people through your splits or, or so, whatnot. Yeah. Um, how did you even kind of sit down and break those numbers down? Did you have to find somebody to sit with you? Uh, like. I'm not sure who would manage that. No, I like, I never started in real estate with the image of starting a team and, and sort of even those first few years, like teams didn't seem to have a very good rep. Like people were there short term. There was a lot of turnover. Like it wasn't something I thought I was going to align with, but then I found myself in a position where I was like, I, I, I don't feel like I have any other options if I want to continue to take on this business. Um, and, and I hired a coach. I, I spoke with a few other agents who had teams type of thing. And I was like, what do I do help? Um, and so working with my coach, um, Jessla Nouvelle from the listings lab, uh, her and her team are amazing. And they helped me, you know, figure out the contracts, talk about the splits. I wanted to make sure I was fair. I wanted to make sure that my agents saw that they were getting value. Um, and so it's been, it's been an evolving thing and, uh, it's been great. Like I, I have a very open policy with my agents. Like we talk about everything and I want to be building a team that people don't grow out of, that they grow with. And so that they see a future in this company and they see themselves, you know, leveling up in the team and knowing that I want them to know they have those opportunities. Um, so I'm really trying to structure it that way where they're truly business partners and like as we grow like a rising tide lifts all boats you know type of thing so so far it's been great (laughs) like I love my team every agent that's come on has just like made us better and I know I'm really lucky um in that way but yeah that's sort of the philosophy that it is you know it is my team quote unquote but it's our team it's the fox team it's not the alex cote team so for sure. No, that's interesting that you decided to hire a coach and say year seven to just for the purpose of, you know, wanting to wanting help to build the structure of your team to make sure it's successful. I never really thought of that as an option of just a realtor hiring a coach just to build the team part. Yeah. But yeah, that's obviously 
Um, and the systems and the contracts, like it's so much because you, it's a transition of, of being, you know, an entrepreneur to, and like a solo person where you're just making decisions and responsible to yourself to like really being a business owner. Cause now I'm really seeing things as like, I'm building a business and um, it's a, it's a total mindset switch. So they help you with that. And like just building out all the, the contracts and the systems and like helping me hire an admin and like bookkeeping good lord like it's just there's a lot (laughs) it's not for the faint of heart if you're planning to build a team get help so you don't screw it up (laughs) because there's a lot of ways to screw it up (laughs) what I'm wondering now is I'm sure you had you know people you looked up to earlier on in your career I'm like you can also label your coach as a mentor obviously did you have another one of those early on in your career Definitely. Yeah. Like my broker of record, Sandrine Amato, she has been amazing and a huge mentor to me. Um, and, and just like really carved the way for women in real estate, um, and, and really being such a a leader in so many ways in organized real estate and in volunteer community activism, like she's badass. And I was like, yes, I want to be just like you. Um, so she's definitely a big mentor and, also just other agents that I've been working with because I do volunteer work on, on our local board on the Toronto real estate board. Um, and I do government relations. Uh, I'm on that committee. So we meet with all levels of government to like negotiate housing policy and, and things like that. So working with other realtors who are super involved in wanting to hot, like raise the standard in the industry and help make the industry better for our clients ultimately um, has been great. So there's, there's other realtors that I, I work with as mentors to me. Cause I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, perfect. I like that you, um, we got to touch on that because that's something I really had to uh, find for myself as well, being early on in my career, because I mm-hmm. didn't have that a couple months ago, but I'd, I'm starting to like build a relationship with a, a realtor as well, who I'm kind of taking on as a mentor. So that's really cool and nice. good to hear from your side as well that you um, were able to find a comfort in someone to kind of lead you through all the hardships and whatnot of real estate. Yeah. One thing yeah, I want to person for me, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to transition into now the social media side of things because yeah. that has become revolutionary when it comes to realtors if they know how to use it and partake in kind of the new trends of whatnot. And obviously yeah. on, on your social media, I see you're kind of showcasing your life. You have the real estate side of you. You're posting videos to really, you know, show your, the perception of as you as a realtor, but not also a person to your audience. And that's something you don't see on every realtor's page, obviously. Um, maybe you might come across a realtor's page and it's just sold, 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 sold. sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, so kind of, could you touch on the importance that social media like plays? Absolutely. Honestly, if you scroll down to the bottom of my Instagram, my first like 40 squares are just sold, 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 sold. Right? Like, I think, you know, especially when you're starting out, you're wanting to establish that you're good at your job. Right. And that you're competent because with realtors, you know, there is that high turnover rate, there is, you know, not a great perception of realtors uh, overall. And so I was really trying to establish like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm succeeding at it, I am a professional, I am the expert. But when you focus just on what you're doing, like you're not giving your audience anything to connect with. Um, 
and people are more likely to reach out to a person than to a statistic, right? And so as I started relaxing into knowing, like, I have clients, people know what I'm doing, like, I've been in the business over two years now, like, they're taking me seriously as a realtor, then I started relaxing more into just, like, sharing my life a bit more and my personality, and those were the things that were getting engagement, you know, my sold posts weren't getting engagement, but like my cat was, <laughs> right? Or, you know, just like sharing a story. And so it took a while because I was a bit shy at first about sharing, but I just got so much, you know, positive feedback about that. And people started to reach out, you know, they were following me, like these friends from high school in Switzerland who were on my social media and just following me for a few years. And then reaching out and being like, yeah, can you sell me a house? Because they were following my stuff. They were engaging. They were seeing me as a human. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's sort of the secret sauce in a lot of ways. And even like my, the newest recruit to the Fox team, I didn't actually recruit. She just slid into my DMs and was like, I've been following you. I really like your leadership style. I really like what you're building. I'd love the opportunity to speak with you. And at that point, I wasn't even looking to hire um, but it just, you know, it worked out, you know, and, and, and she's been a perfect fit because she's, she's, she's here for this vibe, right? Like it attracted her. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been fun. And I'm sure you could say that, you know, before, uh, when you were posting like the sold, 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 it, like you said, it was kind of hard to transition to actually showcase your life. And there's kind of like a mental barrier there. Are people going to like care? Are they going to judge me? Blah, blah, blah. Because I remember having the same feeling with this podcast um, back in June or whatever. I'm still like fairly young. I'm 20. So I was just like coming out of high school. I was like, I want to start my own thing. So I was kind of like scared about <laughs> scared, but I just did it. And I doing that with my podcast also led me to doing that with my social media as well to yeah. become more personable. And like you said, the engagement comes with that. And you do get more content interactions of whatnot. And maybe you even, you know, you might get someone join your team or you just have my someone like I'm looking to buy a home, which I'm sure has happened to you at least yeah. once in your journey throughout social media. Oh, yeah. For is sure. there is there kind of uh, is there kind of lacking knowledge in realtors that doesn't allow them to take their business to the next level? Or is it just the the sole purpose of them not wanting to do it and maybe stuck in that barrier where I don't want to put my life out there type of thing. Yeah. I honestly think like the key to being successful in real estate and honestly, any other endeavor is mindset. Um, when I like really started to unlock my business is when I started to do some serious mindset work and mindset coaching. Um, and building big goals and dreaming big and having an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset, right? And I think a lot of people are out there and they're 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 worried about losing their client to someone else or they're worried about, you know, not having enough and like being able to switch to there's enough for everyone. We're all here to work together and like listen, I'm going to have a yacht one day and I'm setting that as a truth and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know I will, right? Like that's unlocking that um, is what helps you get there because you really do create your reality in, in the thoughts that you're telling yourself as you're going through your day-to-day -day tasks, right? And so 
I listen, have I, I've been down a negative mindset spiral. Like I had a year where I plunged in business and I have no one to blame but myself because I was in that scarcity place. I was scared. I was like just digging myself a hole. Um, and that's what led me to mindset coaching. And, and, and since then, like it's literally been, I've 3X'd my business three years in a row which is insane to say, <laughs> right? But like the first year I was like, wow, I just tripled my business. And then I tripled that. And then like, and it's, it can, there's no, there's no limit to what you can do. And I think it's people are telling themselves that they can't and they're blaming other things. But like everyone has the equal opportunity to be successful. Everyone has the same tools that they can leverage. Do people have different, you know, privilege going into this and like things in their life that are giving them a, a head start, absolutely. Um, but ultimately, the the biggest barrier that you're going to hit is is your own mindset and your own belief in what you can achieve and what you want to achieve. And so, like in our team, that's something that I'm huge on. Like we set big goals. Like we do goal setting on a monthly basis, quarterly, year long, next year, and then ultimate goals. Like. I want to know where you want to be in 10 years, 15 years, because we're going to build that. And how fun is that going to be to like get there? Right. And so I want to set that example that you can absolutely achieve ridiculous, large, big goals. Like they might sound crazy right now. Believe me, I did it. So you can do it, too. And I let's all do it together, because how fun is that? Right. Help as many people as you can, like be successful, have the money. Like, well, what are you going to do with that? Um and like the proudest thing that I did this year that I'm so excited about is, is so I'm, I'm on the board for, for my local food bank, uh, Parkdale represents a community in Toronto. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, I really want to find a way to give back to the community um, and give back to this food bank in a more successful way, like impactful way. And so I came up with this idea as I was falling asleep of the Parkdale house with heart, where I would sell one property a year and donate the entirety of my commission to the food bank of that property, right? Like it's almost like a fundraiser for the community. And I was able to do that this year and I donated over $25,000 to the food bank. And like, that was amazing. Like, I can't believe I'm in a place in my life and my business, my career that I can do that. Like how exciting and fun is that? Um, so like, those are the types of things that I never would have thought I could do in my first, second year of business when I was, doing 30 leases you know and you know I think my first year like claimed like 40 grand or something also when I started like my first sale was for $230,000 because that was a condo price <laughs> you know even now the prices are so high but um yeah honestly it's, it's mindset and and it applies directly in real estate like it's this amazing opportunity where there is no ceiling like you determine the income that you make right and so if you see that as a gift instead of a burden as an opportunity instead of like a scary thing then like sky's the limit for sure and congratulations on that um helping out the food bank that much like that's that must just feel like such a feel good moment and like feel not feel good moment but feel good every day <laughs> yeah no it, it was it's amazing like we got a giant check printed and I was like we're giving away a big check like this is so you know, fun you I know? think I did see that post on your social media actually <laughs> with the big check yeah and I never thought I'd be in a place where I would feel like 
excited, like that it would be easy to give away $25,000, right? But it's about the mindset. It was like, this house was never going into my pocket. This was a volunteer action, right? Selling this house from day one was all about raising money for this cause. So it's mindset. Am I giving away $25,000 or am I raising it? In my mind, I raised it for the community. Of course. And you touched upon, you said mindset coaching. I'm not sure if you can kind of touch upon like what exactly is that? Yeah. So I specifically signed up for, uh, I had a coach, um, Danielle Amos is her name. Also shout out who did coaching through the Proctor Gallagher Institute. Um, and Bob Proctor is a Canadian. He, um, has done a lot of coaching around, you know, like the think and grow wrench mentality. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, I have. have. Yeah. Napoleon Hill, like it was written in the twenties. Um, but he has his whole career has been mindset coaching and this sort of high, studying highly successful people and how they unlock that. Um, and so I hired Danielle Amos as my coach and went through this this program that really just like blows your mind open in terms of what you think can be possible for yourself and just reevaluating like your self-image, what you think you can achieve, like what kind of self-limiting beliefs that you have. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it sounds a little hocus pocus to some people, right? Like Bob Proctor is probably best known for being in the movie, The Secret, right? Which has some people are like, this is great. Other people are like, this is BS. Like you can't just visualize a parking spot, but you know, (laughs) he speaks, you know, about it in a much more knowledgeable way. And, and you're when you're actually doing the work, like watching the movie, The Secret isn't going to change your life. But when you work on your mindset continually and you dedicate yourself to that, like it takes time to make those changes. But once you do, um, it really unlocks a lot and is, yeah, like the most valuable work I think I've done. Wow. No, that's interesting. I haven't really, obviously I've heard of like mindset training, like going through a program with, you know, yeah. some some big dude who's just screaming at you or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is very like, listen, there are laws in the universe. And if you're willing to accept that and work with them and like, like break down your paradigms and examine your relationship to money, your relationship to success, like your fears around that, like it's heavy work. Like it sounds a bit like airy and like <laughs> woo-woo, right? But then when you're actually doing it, because at first when I told people I was doing this, like you're spending how much money to do what from the guy with the secret? And then and then I tripled my business in a year and triple you're right. And then I was like, huh? Yeah, what? I don't know. I think it's working. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alex, I know we've only been talking for about 45 minutes or so, but if I were to take one thing from the conversation about you from being, say, a good learner and you know, school and then being able to learn what your coach told uh, told you and kind of implement it into your life about building a team. And then now that you speak about this mindset coaching, being able to apply that and like three Xing your business the last couple of years, it seems like that you're able to take what you learn and like apply it right away and like really, um, really take a change from it where I, I'm guilty for this. I have to take part in things multiple times before like I really, um, it starts like implement, uh, changing me in some way, but it seems like you kind of just like take it, you listen to it, you take it 100% for what it is and you apply it and it works out for you. (laughs) 
it doesn't it wasn't as easy as yeah, not as easy not as easy as that but listen there was, remember there. that part where i told you it took me six years to do a undergrad where yeah. <laughs> like listen i didn't get it right on the first try and even that mindset coaching like every le- every lesson in it you listen to it twice a day for two weeks the same thing like repetition is key like you really once you kind of unlock that and change your paradigm it becomes your new normal but it does take a lot of work to get there um but it's just like it's choosing for life to be fun and full of opportunity and like to see everything as an opportunity um you know that's that's what makes things fun and so you sliding into my dms and being like do you want to be on my podcast i was like i don't know who this person is but i like that he's you know taking action like of course i'm gonna say it's this opportunity (laughs) (laughs) no that's perfect and obviously um i really appreciate even you taking the time because obviously i'm sure you're super busy with your team and whatnot so obviously thank you and it was a good conversation and i you brought a lot of value towards like the manifesting side of things i feel heck yes (laughs) like i literally sorry i know you're trying to wrap things up but i literally have a crystal ball (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, are you, i was like i need this this is something i need in my life I gotta are, manifest. You, are you like very um what's that what's that one word called um star signs like star oh, signs yeah. Like yeah i'm a cancer yeah okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aries but i heard aries are hated no they're uh. misunderstood you just have a lot of energy it's all good <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but um, Alex, I'll honestly let you get on with your day. And once again, thank you. Um, I will email this to you in case you want it for anything. Maybe for sure, yeah. on or get lost in your file somewhere. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. I appreciate it. You're like a very engaging interviewer, such a good listener. And I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. Anyways, keep killing 2022. I know it just yeah. started, but three extra business again and maybe one day in the future i can have you on again maybe in person hopefully that happens yeah. eventually and that'd be super come cool to the new office space yeah. i'm getting yeah <laughs> perfect awesome. alex thank you so much hope you have a good All one right. take care